0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: I mean, holy Christ. Doesn't that sound like Schoolhouse Rock? It's like the bill had a few beers.
2: (laughs) Talking about the deficit.
1: (laughs) Should you be drinking in front of me?
2: But wait, he's doing that intentionally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're the best, Tim. That's right, he is. He's playing a role. He's being sarcasmic.
2: 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Fellas, uh, we are here in 2007. Ben Martin, how are you doing in Knoxville? Wait, we in 2008! 2008! that again. No, no, no let's keep that. Yeah. By the way, that's the intro right there. It'll just be years, 50 on. It'll be on the loop. Of First
1: dates. of all,
0: I mean, two weeks ago you uploaded the last week's thing, and now we're just I getting. Know. That's it. That's what the, it's. Gosh. Fifty
2: years of music. Repeat. Fifty. 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 Years of music. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff was like, 50 years of technology with fifty-year-old white guys." By the um, way, you know so why you
1: you're confused about these dates because you were at home with your kid for a year, and times <laughs> have any
2: meaning. So it's 2008. It's the 2008 podcast. It's just year
0: you abandoned your children, right? Where you yeah, went back to work right. and oh, started man. drinking?
2: I'll go back to Ben Barton <laughs> in Knoxville. I'm sure you're fine. Jeff Simons, Berkeley. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. All right. What are we going to say about today's uh, oh, conversation? Oh, so you know, there's a running song.
1: joke that your family cares about this podcast and mine doesn't, but I can... <laughs> is that a joke? So, I, yeah. Oh, well, I know. It's a running fact. Dude, that that's, tough,
2: that's That's what I was thinking. Anyway, okay.
1: I was in the living room, and uh, I was trying to remember whether it was 2007, 2008, so I went to the Music City Drive Podcast homepage, where you can Woo! find the podcast. Hit play, and I'm just listening to remember what last week's conversation was. I listened for about 10 seconds. News uh-huh. came in for the other room, and... Uh, Said, oh, well, what the hell is that? I said, That's our podcast. She's like, ugh. So she has- <laughs> no! Walked through a room where the podcast was playing, and that was intolerable. So the sound, the vague noise of it in the background drove her from
2: the living room. So, that ugh. is unbelievable. Wow, it's that bad. Who was talking, just to be precise? At the moment she was surely me, Tim, don't even ask me. It's It's definitely me.
1: It was me. I was (laughs) talking. She was like, Oh my God, there's two of you.
2: Uh, All right. Well, (laughs) welcome everybody to 2008. This is the uh, 50 Years of Music with 50 Year Old White Guys podcast, and we're part of the Drive In Podcast Network. Go ahead and go to musiccitydrivein.com to get all your uh, podcasting needs taken care of. Okay, it is 2008, which means the third child was born. Flannery Plain, named after Flannery O'Connor. Let's go real quick—the literary corner of our podcast. Favorite Flannery O'Connor short story: Jeff Simons.
1: Uh, so mine is not a short story; it's the novel. I'm—I like Wise Blood best. Wise so Blood great. is my favorite Flannery O'Connor writing, and there's a killer movie of it directed by uh john houston who later
2: did a bunch of other movies that are famous so there excellent go. someone plays hazel motes on film yeah. i've never seen that it's pretty huh. good all right check it out folks ben barton planner o'connor to you so i'm not an english teacher so
0: i'll just go with a good man is hard to find hey. i know that's a chalk selection but that's my favorite
1: <laughs> and uh tim has eight true or false actual questions to ask you about that short story.
2: That's so cold. (laughs) It is going to be interesting because that's usually an eighth grade or ninth grade. Perfect for me. Right Right there. It was a little challenging, but I got it. But my point is Flannery's going into eighth grade next year and she's going to read her first Flannery O'Connor short story and she's going to be like, what the heck? That's Uh, only an eighth grade story still in the
1: South. I mean, there's no way... Is so no, it's so dark and weird and and uh, that a West Coast kid just has no patience for that southern gothic Boo Radley, like shirtless drunk uncle sitting on a porch. See, that's why it. I love it. I mean, wow, that would not play out here at all. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Yeah. She's St- fallen right off the shelf. We used to teach her and I haven't I haven't talked St- to Liner O'Connor in like still
2: does well here in North Carolina. I would imagine. All right. Well, let's transition into oh, the I have one more thing I
1: have to apologize oh. for. Um, I got I actually got some hate mail related to the Uh-oh. podcast because I I've been asked publicly to, to eat my Garth Brooks words after he ate Hey uh, now. He ate the uh, Amazing Grace at the inauguration. He
2: didn't so eat Amazing Grace. He, he would if it had been available. <laughs>
1: He did have to look up from the (laughs) all you
0: could eat buffet at the Golden Corral to start
1: singing. Oh, wait, I'm on. It's like when Homer eats all the hot dogs before he becomes dead. I'm sorry, this is your apology. (laughs) Look, all I want to say is I stand by my story, but I did sing along. When he was like, come on, America, sing along with me. All right. I sang.
2: I sang. I made my children sing. Ben, did you sing? I did sing along, and yeah. I was moved. I was definitely I moved
1: by it. And then he then he hugged everybody maskless. There yeah. like, yeah, goes the whole administration. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I apologize to Garth Brooks for feeling like all he deserved
2: is ridicule. That was good. Yeah. All yeah. right, I'm done. He showed up. He sang. He reached out to America. He did. Good stuff. All right, let's get to the Grammy winner of 2008. I wonder what... This is fascinating because we've been talking about Grammy winners and, oh, is this the last rock song that wins a Grammy? Um,
0: no, no, we were talking about that with number one songs.
2: The Grammys are in a
0: 35-year lag, <laughs> man. True, I mean, true. like the Grammy winner next year is going to be like <laughs> a, a Deep Purple song. Like, They're I mean, that's that's
2: really, really, <laughs> really interesting. All right, let's see what you think of this particular song by this particular band. Go ahead, Jeff. It's the Grammy winner.
3: Viva La Vida by Coldplay.
2: A very long time, Coldplay. Uh, live in La Vida Loca. What's it called?
1: It's called. <laughs> that would be great. It's called uh, Viva La Vida, and it has the Liberté, Égalité, Fraternité um,
2: painting on the cover. So, uh, Jeff Sims, I once called you when I was living in Atlanta, and I said, "I, I don't get Coldplay." Maybe I had moved here. I don't know where I was, but you said Tim, I think it was last month. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you said Tim. This is, this is the next generation's U two.
1: And they were for a while, and then they uh, they kind of lost the momentum. But,
2: but what do um, they have in common with U two? Oh, it's huge,
1: repeating baseline, and it starts quiet, and then it gets really loud, and then it gets quiet again. Like they Coldplay ripped off all of U 2s moves. Like it's a, a repetitive like really thumpy drum part with a big, loud, single-note bass line. And instead of the cool edge guitar playing, they've got repeated keyboard figures like that are arpeggios over and over and over again so you can lock in real quick. And then Chris Martin's got a good voice, and he soars up above the top of it, and then they bring it down the other side. Okay. I got bored of them. I really liked their second record more than I'm probably – I'm probably supposed to be more of a snob about them, but I liked Rush of Blood to the – head or whatever. That oh, me too.
0: I actually like them. I like, I like this that.
1: song. Yeah, I like this song too. I, I and I like the X and the record after this X and Y had like, a, at least four or five songs I liked. I have not liked them lately. I don't like post breakup too sad, Chris Martin. And I think he like, he overcompensated for the sad by making much happier music. And I liked it when he was kind of right in the, right in the groove there of like a little bit um wistful, but uh yeah. They're huge. So I'll still. give I the triumph, the insult. right? <laughs> I'll
0: yeah. give the triumph the insult comic dog take on it. Uh-huh. Hey, cold play, maybe you should be cold sore. Back when you were U T, you too, I liked you so much more. Somehow <laughs> your song Yellow reminds me of P. I think because when it's over, it's a big relief
1: to me. <laughs> <laughs> well that's yeah, you should have just started that's the whole thing in eight <laughs> seconds. Perfect.
0: Uh, uh, I, I really like them. Dude, there's a, a song from last year called Guns by them. Oh, that
1: song's great.
0: It's a yes. minute and a half
2: song, and it's fantastic. It's a minute and a half? That's it? Yeah, it's yeah, great. It's He's right, great. too.
1: Huh. The best thing they've done in like a decade. It's so could good. They have,
2: could they have stretched it out a little bit? No, it's perfect.
0: It's a okay. really, really, really angry solo folk song about how there are too many guns, basically. Yeah.
2: Okay, good stuff. Uh, all right, let's get into so, some of the events of 2008 check out your uh, your memories see what you remember in november of course barack obama is elected president do you all remember the the primary season oh i remember it yeah. super vividly and, and i got a how, really good story about it yeah like he he wasn't supposed to be the guy and so i'm, I'm wrong f- all the
0: time i yeah, make a lot ahead.
2: of bad predictions
0: uh-huh. i watched the his announcement speech and i was like in 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 in, I was totally in on it. <laughs> okay, and I just rode hard for him from there to the end. We had these friends who have since moved to Colorado, a woman who's on the colli- a colleague of mine in the faculty, and her husband, and they're like super extra mega liberal. And I got in a full on meltdown fight with her husband because he was rooting for Kucinich because the eyes have it, and he okay. was out on Obama because Obama was a corporate shill that would make no difference for America. Okay, And I just laid in to this guy. And it was like, you know, it was like it was like a neighborhood thing. We had a bunch of families over and people were hanging out and drinking and stuff. And I (laughs) I, like I laid like it was like a fight where they like to pull me off the guy. Anyhow, (laughs) the night Obama got sworn in, I get a phone call from this guy. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I mean, like he literally never calls me. I picked it up and he was like, I just wanted to apologize to you. you. You couldn't have been more right. Like this is, a, it's a special night wow. for America and I owe you an apology. And I was like, well, I'll take it.
3: <laughs>
1: I remember. Did, did also, you
2: apologize in return? No like, yeah, way. Thanks God. No heated. way. No? I, but
1: I was in the right. <laughs> I was all in on Obama. I had friends like that as well. I had friends who were, uh, who thought he was a centrist and, uh, any, we, which he kind of was, but sure. I was like, I, I sure. should not care. Like this is the most charismatic politician of my entire lifetime. In all the right ways. And when he won and he and his family just kind of peeked out on stage at Grant Park, like, you know, that right after the announcement, they kind of like looked out, and 120,000 people lost their mind. I started sobbing uncontrollably and didn't stop for like, wow, minutes. I'll never forget that. It's one of the most optimistic moments of my adult life.
2: And then, and it's just stayed there, it has just stayed there,
1: (laughs) (laughs) just a high level of joy and uh fulfillment.
2: Uh, All right, well, let me uh (laughs) let me move on. Good stuff. Uh, Government, uh, the United States government gives an okay to the production and marketing of foods derived from cloned animals. Did you know about that? No. Have you eaten a cloned animal?
1: Probably.
2: What about that burrito you just ate? What was I that? know,
1: right? Who knows what's in that? All I know, but when you say cloned animals, I just think of Dolly the sheep. Yeah. That's all I think of. And uh, as far as I know, they did that. And they were like, all right, what else is on? But I'm sure it's happening <laughs> constantly all over the place. I, have no, no idea. I might,
2: I might want to look into this a little bit. Was that when Kentucky Fried Chicken changed their name to KFC? Because it was oh, no I, longer really chicken. Right, right. <laughs> All right, um, a new segment uh, on the podcast. All right called what are you doing this weekend? Because <laughs> in 2008, <laughs> 11 hikers climbers die on K2, the, the world's second tallest mountain. 11. It, it was the worst uh, climbing um, accident or d- day uh, in K2's history. Um, and, and the 11 died in different circumstances, but all kind of on the same climb. They were an international group of, uh, of climbers. Oh, this isn't that year. I mean, cause a lot more people than 11 die. This is in one day. This is one day. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to think of, I have no desire to, to climb K2. And I started thinking about the other things I have no desire to do. And I wanted to put it out to the two of you in a segment called, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> What are you doing this weekend? Do you want to go hang gliding, Jeff? I might be maybe on hang gliding. That looks fun.
1: Ben, eh. <laughs> Okay. Is somebody are you doing this? paying for it? Hang gliding is not something I will pay to do. No, no. Nobody well, wants to take. It's also... going to be. It's going to be paid for. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe. Yeah, I'm fifty two percent yes on hang gliding.
0: Okay. Also, Tim, keep in mind. My A job, I get paid to teach tort law, which is the law of accidents. Yeah. And so I've actually written a case about hang gliding gone wrong. So when I look at a hang glider, I'm like, well, that's not going to work out for anyone. I literally just did an entire case about bungee jumping. So don't start me on bungee jumping. (laughs) Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Do you want to go bungee jumping? Ben? Listen, in the case that I had, a guy gets on the bungee jumping and they don't adjust the rubber band right, oh. and he lands on a guy in a jet ski. So no, I am not bungee jumping.
2: <laughs> no. What a great twofer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because they, you need people who know math up there with the bungee cords, right? No, yeah, suffice <laughs> to say,
0: the carnies who run the bungee jumping operation are not good at math.
1: They're all Ptolemaic geometry uh, <laughs> experts. I have no interest in bungee jumping. No way in hell am I doing that. All
2: right. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Do you want to go parachuting? That I might do.
1: Yeah, I might too. Even though I'm terrified of heights, but uh-uh. I have three friends who are kind of hooked on it, and okay. they, I their descriptions of it at lunch make it make it sound pretty pretty cool.
2: All right, finally. What are you doing No, I got two more. What are you doing this weekend? Do you want to go scuba diving?
1: I have been scuba diving. It's. I think it's terrific. I love it. You're still in. Yeah, I I've been done scuba great.
0: diving, but I've done the snorkel. It's really fun.
1: Okay, snorkel safer. Good. Um, I wait, wait, wait. Scuba diving super unsafe. I mean, the scuba diving I did not super. Was...
2: The whole I like when I was a little kid. I saw a special uh, about the bends. And so, oh, you yeah, too fast.
1: I yeah. didn't go that far. I mean, you got to go down into, the, I mean, I'm talking like I went maybe 25 feet down. Like,
2: All right. Finally, what are you doing this weekend? Do you want to uh, free solo El Capitan?
1: <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> no.
2: Here, I, can we
0: hold on? Can we start drinking first? Because that, that would be a good precursor. That'll I have gone
1: rock climbing, and rock climbing can be really, really fun. But I, I have a rope attached to me. Yeah. So the free solo, the free. I don't want to do solo free. Well, I can no. think of one thing, but not too many others. <laughs> what?
0: That was a lot, right there, Jeff. That was not called for at all. it
1: <laughs> <That> was fine. <laughs> You're the one who told the Kevin Garnett story last week, <laughs>
0: which I I was I two weeks ago. First of all, and, and second of all, you're free soloing right now. That's not called
2: for. <laughs> and I had to, I had to bleep out his stupid cornflake story. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the number one hit of 2008. It's the number one hit,
3: "Low" by Flo Rida, featuring T Pain.
0: Oh, flow rider, right? Let me soft. Is I get sauce. low. Let it rain.
3: Let me soft.
2: Good stuff. Great stuff. Those uh, two songs
1: would work really well together, medley. That's that's a mashup waiting to happen.
2: The Coldplay and Flow yeah, Rider.
1: the same BPM. I mean, you could put that dun 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 dun, dun right over that.
0: Huh. What year was Yeah three times? That was like two years ago, right? Yeah, this is the exact ago. same song.
1: Same exact. There's like five years where all the songs are this.
0: I know. Yeah. But that as being said, it didn't hurt my feelings. No. This song's great. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's really, really, really funny. It's super <laughs> cynical and obnoxious, but it's great. It's got T-Pain.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, I'm going to name five films from 2008. You tell me which one was the highest grossing film in 2008. The Dark Knight, Mama Mia, Iron Man, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, or Kung Fu Panda. Ooh, Jeff, these what do you think? Really good ones. Jeff, Mama, Mama, Mama Mia. They're they're all top ten. Mama Mia, oh, Mama Mia from Jeff. I'll Which Kung Fu can, Panda? Quick Fu quick Panda. note about Mama Mia. I love the fact that Meryl
0: Streep did that movie. Oh, me too. And also, I I think I've expressed this already. I've seen Mamma Mia two more than once. Believe <laughs> me, I've seen Mamma Mia. I dig it. Is that share? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's the share one. My daughters uh, love that that movie, and like I can't say no. Like I I. I yeah, right You're all in. All right.
2: Uh, are you agreeing with him? Mamma Mia. Top no. Hell film? no. I said oh. Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda was number three. Mamma Mia, I believe, was number four. Iron Man number seven. Once upon a time, there was
1: an end to this conversation. I totally oh. messed
2: up. I lost my wow. Place. That Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones movie
1: is one of the five worst movies I've ever. It's pretty bad. Movie.
2: It's really bad. Second oh. second highest grossing film of two thousand eight. Uh, the Dark Knight takes. The oh, that's great. And By the way, that good.
0: movie's great. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's a capital G great. That's, yeah, that's the one with H- what
0: Hines
1: Ward, right? No, no, that's the no, third one. that's that's Bane, Dark Knight which Rises, I have I that mm. I have major issues with that one. No,
0: no wait, that one's amazing too. I use it all the time. I actually did like when George is making fun of me. I'm uh. like, you have merely adopted the
2: dark. <laughs> I was born into it. <laughs> that's great.
1: This <laughs> is my imitation of Bane in that movie. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> I turned to Fred. What'd he say? (laughs) Oh, 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 did he say another thing? (laughs) The only time I understood what he said was when he was at Heinz Field speaking into the megaphone. Yeah, yeah. Our name is Bane and I'm the bad guy. I'm like, this is great. (laughs) And he stopped talking. I was like, no, no, no. Go back to the megaphone. I have no idea what the hell is going on.
0: First uh, you do not understand the artistry of Bane at all. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, the fact uh-huh. that you're so attached
1: to understanding yeah. what he's saying shows you don't get it at all. Two things about that movie I hated. One was Bane's voice all the way through, and the second is every time they got on that fancy motorcycle, it was clear it was going about 11 miles an hour, and <laughs> four people holding it up on one side, and they just sped up the action. That was the most ridiculous, like it was like, let's turn. I mean, I was just like, give me a break. All but yeah,
0: right. Dark Knight is the Joker movie. And yeah, and it's, it's a, really good. It's a little bit of a disturbing performance, especially given what happened to the given guy later. Happens, but it's it's right. a great
2: movie. Yeah. Yeah, his performance is unbelievable. But Indiana uh, Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is terrible. A
1: is AI bad. I mean AI bad. Yeah.
2: yeah. Really bad. Um, you know what was good was the uh, Summer Olympics in Oh,
1: I don't know if I know. 2008. Oh dear. Well,
2: don't know. So you're just 20th century Olympics. I'm a 20th century Olympics. <laughs> okay, okay. Just clear clarifying. It was in Beijing. Oh, okay.
1: That sounds familiar. That's
0: the bird's nest, huh?
1: The opening ceremonies. That's what I remember is the opening ceremonies. I remember seeing that opening ceremonies and saying, we have no chance. Yeah. Like this country is so much more organized than we will ever be that the, uh, The organization of that um, of that dance with seven thousand people doing the exact same thing was that was breathtaking.
2: But we're coordinating the vaccination rollout pretty pretty okay. So Um, also in two (laughs) thousand eight, tomato clamato. (laughs) A a little company in Sweden begins. Can you name the company that begins in two thousand eight in Sweden? Not IKEA. No. And not Lego. Spotify. Oh, yeah. Oh. What's the difference between Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and iTunes? Go. Uh,
1: Spotify is way more popular than all those other ones. And Pandora uh, curates its music library, so it's not a free-for-all. Anybody who wants in gets in. And uh, Spotify pays least well of all of them to the Oh, owner. is
2: that true? Really? Interesting
1: yeah it's three one thousandth of a cent per stream
2: when you when you put your album up on Spotify, do you get to um, check out the listeners and you get yeah. the breakdown and all that?:
1: Yeah, well, that's pretty good. Oh yeah, it's great. But what's the pay? three one thousandth of a cent per stream
2: okay that's that doesn't seem like a lot.:
1: Yeah, here I'll tell you. So, <laughs>
2: Three one thousand.
1: As of today, dear uh-huh. listeners, your boy has uh, has brought in seventeen dollars and forty one cents.
2: Okay, but if and I you just ate it in that burrito,
1: <laughs> no, this is, this is from the so cheap place.
2: let me let me ask you a question: If I create a playlist, yes, with like your song "Kiss Me" a thousand times and push play and go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, am I, earning, am I earning you money? You're,
1: you're the greatest thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> yes, if everybody listening to my voice would put my record on repeat and go to bed, I would. That would that would raise my national profile like you couldn't even imagine.
0: No, when Jeff uh, will know this, there are actually Romanian. They had to break it. Like yeah. Spotify figured out, but there's like a Romanian Spotify farm oh. that created a two minute electronic thing that was just noise, yeah. and then just created bots to listen to it. And basically, if it's a short enough time over 24 hours, you can actually make money doing it, Yep. which is, but that explains a lot about our current existence. That's, <laughs> that's where we're at. But
1: uh-huh. I'm under incredible pressure wow. to raise my Spotify numbers. Like every blog or reviewer I talk to is like, yeah, call us back when you get over this number. Okay. So, so dear listeners, R- help me! Yeah. help me. Game that system, baby.
2: Get it. Follow- get it.
1: Play, repeat.
2: Well, it's interesting uh, that we're talking about trying to get certain songs a lot of play because I am going to go to a 2008 pop quiz with all of you Uh with certain songs that have gotten a lot of play since 2008. And the game (laughs) is you have to name the title of the song, not the artist, name the title of the song before your competitor... Who lives across the country from you? For that word, just to get me along, it's a
3: difficulty, and I'm biting on my tongue, and I, I keep stalling and keeping it together. People around got to find something to say now, holding back every day is the same.
2: You guys don't know that's not my name by the Ting Tings? I'm 0 for 1. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> All right, one last thing. Can't lesson. help you. All right, here we go.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Go. I got. Go. That's uh the guy do, redoing um Somewhere Over the Rainbow on the ukulele. You no. Know? <laughs> sure is, though. Well, uh, well are you done, done done me, and you bet oh, I, I felt... I don't say it, I would have this.
2: But you so hot that I melted, yeah. I fell right through the crack. Now I'm trying to get back Bruno Mars. Before the cool done run Oh my God, you guys are so Jason Mraz Oh, Jason Mraz okay. It's called I'm Yours and I Cannot Believe um,
1: I Cannot Believe that he got He didn't get sued by Judy Garland's estate Because that is somewhere <laughs> over the rainbow And it's exactly like the, the guy who does it uh, on the ukulele
2: Yeah, okay uh, We're moving on Remember, you're not naming the artist. You're naming the title of the song. Here we go. This is Del Ah, This is a love story. All right. We finally have points on the board. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't what?
0: believe we didn't choose our song, which would have gotten two notes. But yeah, all right, here we our see. song is the biggest hit off that record, by the way. That's the wrong you chose the wrong one.
2: How's our song? got? Go? just a uh, relax. All right, uh, we're gonna keep going. You. Good, we're here we go. Here we go. Da,
3: da, da, da. The smell of your skin lingers on me. <laughs>
0: It's just a copper tone ad.
3: You on your flight <laughs> back to your hometown.
2: Alright, next one. Seriously, we right. that. that. was Fergie with Big Girls huh. Don't Cry. That's a terrible Fergie selection. Where we? You, you guys are having rich? trouble. Like, you stink. That's this that's is... not that's like the 18th best
0: Fergie song.
2: It's called a pop quiz. We're going with pop. Hit songs. Here we I'm go. I'm
0: telling you that Fergie has multiple awesome songs, which, <laughs> of which that is not one. We
2: have three left. I came to dance, 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 dance I hit the floor Cause that's my plans, plans,
3: plans, plans I'm wearing all my favorite brands, 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 brands Give me some space for both my hands, 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 hands You,
2: you Cause it goes on and on and on On and on and on On and on and on (laughs) It's called Dynamite Oh my god, you guys are terrible Oh, that's Io Cruz? Yep I did know that one, actually Okay, it's it's called pocket full of sunshine. All right, it's one nothing going into the final song. I get a half point for Tayo
0: Cruz. I came Pop, up with the guy I who did, did Dino. It. Pop hits
2: 2008. Stop! Hey, Soul Sister Train. <laughs>
0: All right, one and a half to
2: one. I won that one. That was good. <laughs> hey, Soul Sister by Train, huge hit from 2008. Uh, Jeff Seymes, I'm proud of you coming through with that last one. Man. The buzzer beater. That was rough. That was rough. Holy cow.
1: That was not good. Can we go we- back to 1976 Olympic trivia?
2: <laughs> that one hurt. We're just not listening. At least, to the- at least it's not a music podcast.
1: We're so. not listening
2: to the radio a lot in 2008. Do you know what the number one hit song in America is right now in 2021?
1: No clue whatsoever.
2: Yeah, me neither. Oh, well, I'm sure it's pretty good. We'll cover it in 2030. (laughs) All right, let's get to our three songs. Our three songs. Ben, you're first.
0: All right. This is uh, Jeff's chance to get revenge. It's Uh-oh. my understanding he does Uh-oh. not like this band and that he does not like this song. Oh, dear. Uh, in late 1990s, Tunde Adabempe, who's a Nigerian immigrant, moves from Pittsburgh to New York. He goes to NYU Film School. He stars in a movie in 2001 from one of his classmates. He's really into animation. He's actually one of the animators on MTV's Celebrity Deathmatch. And he's like another one of these classic John Lennon guys uh, where he's like in art school and doing all these different things at the same time. Moves into Williamsburg when he graduates college. And at this time, Williamsburg, Brooklyn is like this like sparkling example of artistic tumult. Like there's a bunch of rich people moving in there. I grew up in Brooklyn. I basically left in 1987 when I went to college. People will ask me what my memories of Williamsburg were. And I was, Williamsburg is the neighborhood that's on the river in between the Williamsburg Bridge and the Manhattan Bridge. And they'd be like, do you have any memories of that? I was like, I have a really vivid memory. In 1986, I took the wrong turn off the Williamsburg Bridge and I was lost. And I it was like a barren wasteland yeah. of weird, empty warehouses. That's my memory of Williamsburg. They're like there yeah. weren't a lot of hip clubs. I was like, oh no, there were no, no hip clubs in Williamsburg. We, we didn't even have cable. So right, totally. <laughs> so I mean, so so now at this point in the late 90s, it's getting to be a pretty cool place. Tunde's living there, and he's got a roommate, Dave Sitzak. And they're both like these weird artsy dudes and they put together their own four track and they record a record, not OK Computer, OK Calculator. And it's a 15 track. And I mean, basically, if you really, really, really like TV on the radio, there's half of the tracks you'll like. Even if you're like, I'm I'm a TV on the radio fan. I can't say they're my favorite band of the 2000s. I freaking love this band. Half of it's just unlistenable crap. There's like long parts where robots are speaking. There's a whole song dedicated to robot sex on this record. They cut 150 CDs and then they plant them around town at clubs in the hope that they'll get signed. And it works. So they get signed to a four song EP called Young Liars. Hilarious story. Dave Sitek, he's the producer the whole way. And it's this beautiful, like, New York artistic story. And it's a great, like, multiracial story. Like, Dave Satek's a white guy, and is an African-American, or, or really an African guy. Um, everybody else they add to the band is African-American. And they have this beautiful blend where, like, having, I've seen them live a couple of times. And every time you see them live, you're like, oh, this this American experiment, like, it might actually work. Like, look, look, here it is right in front of us. So when they put out Young Liars... They asked Sittek what he was thinking with the EP, and he was like, oh, well, I had gotten hired to do the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's record as a producer, and I didn't know how to use Pro Tools, so I was like, I should make my own record, so I learned how to use Pro Tools. (laughs) I was like, oh, Dave, helpful safety tip. Before you produce another person's record, maybe learn how to do it. Um, That record comes out, that's a medium hit. Then they do Desperate Youth, that's an even bigger hit. Then they do Return to Cookie Mountain, that's like the you know, uh, Pitchfork's record of the year, and then 2008 is Dear Science, and that's a massive, or or, let me restate that. It sells 200,000 records. It's not a massive hit. It's a gigantic uh, um, critical hit. Like the critics love it. It's the pop and jazz one record of the year. It's record of the year, Rolling Stone. Everybody loves this record, including your guy, Ben Barton. I think they're fantastic. I'm going to tell one more story about the band. Then I'm going to tell two personal stories. And then I'm going to play, then Jessica to play the song. All right. First, I saw them at the Bijou Theater in Knoxville, Tennessee at the beginning of this tour in 2008. Tim, you will definitely get this. Jeff won't because he lives in San Francisco. I, the, the bulk of the music that I see is either a Bonnaroo or yeah. live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Right. And it really stands out when a band comes to Knoxville, Tennessee on a Monday night and blows the doors off.
2: Yeah. When
0: you, when I see that, I'm like, Oh, this is a good touring act. You know what I mean? No yeah. one comes to Knoxville and it's like, I can't wait to wow those
3: folks. <laughs> but, you know,
0: and I've seen some rather desultory performances and I won't name names, but when you go to a show with the Bijou and the band loses their minds, you're, I'm, I was like, Oh, I, I couldn't believe right. how good they were. The band, band tours with a saxophonist. And then I mean, when you hear this the music, they've always got like a whole bunch of horns in it and stuff. They got a bunch of repeating loops. They've got drums. They've got these beautiful harmonies. The Bijou Theater is uh, original theater from before amplification. So it's like uh, I was on the board there, so I should give that, that disclaimer. But it's one of the most beautiful sounding theaters in the U.S. and around the world. Like, it's amazing. You can stand on the stage and snap and hear it all the way in the back. Anyhow, you can get from the stage to the side balconies. And the saxophonist in the encore comes out on the side balcony to my buddy Scott Schimmel, knocks him over, and is standing on the balcony playing his saxophone. Wow. It's so amazing. <laughs> they were so freaking good. I couldn't believe it. Uh, saw them again at Bonneru, loved it. So here's the personal note about this particular song. So this song is Halfway Home. In 2006, I think. I ran the Knoxville marathon in 2007. I'm training for the New York marathon and what at the time appeared to be a tragedy. I hurt my knee mm-hmm. and then I had to stop training and then I had surgery. And then I couldn't run. I couldn't play basketball. Like it really knocked me out for nine months. And okay. I, I was really sad about it. Um, and it's as, as a, as a podcast for 50 year old men, you'll get this, like that, that sucks. Like I, I was yeah. training really hard and I was super sad to get hurt. So, and I had the surgery; it didn't work. I picked up a change in my uh, athletic endeavors. I picked up yoga, and I picked up swimming, and then I eventually was able to go back to running, and then I was eventually able to go back to playing basketball. But in particular, the yoga was really, really, really powerful for me. And I started slow. I started at the Y, and then I went to a fancier place. Then eventually, I had my own routine, and I created my own yoga playlist. And this song, Halfway Home, was the first song. And so it's actually like the third, like in the iTunes era on my phone. This Uh is the third most listened to song on my phone. That's so cool. I've heard it a million times. And the reason why is I always played it at the beginning of my yoga practice. And uh, it's completely attached to that. As soon as Jeff hits the first notes, I'm going to be like, oh, I should be stretching right now. I should (laughs) be getting into the mood for it. Um, it's a five and a half minute song. It builds and builds and builds. Jeff can just play the first minute of it. You won't even get the full thing. There's a chorus and a bridge and a chorus and a whole other thing, but you'll get the flavor for it. Here's what I love. It's a guitar based band. I love the crazy harmonies and I love how like weirdly a and jagged they are. They completely describe what's going to happen to what's left of rock music in this decade and the next decade. Jeff, take me halfway home.
1: Halfway home. By TV on the radio.
3: The lazy way they turn your head into. You. And mm-hmm.
0: What do you think, man?
1: I'm just not going to dunk on TV on the radio. There's nothing to dunk on. I, I wish that my my number one complaint, the reason I, I like and don't love this band is that they never, I feel like they never open it all the way up. How can that song not go to the two and the four? It's always do, do, Oh, it gets faster yeah. at the end. Yeah, when they bit. get to the halfway home part, they pick it up. They pick it up. But there's so many TV and the radio songs where the beat is so chopped up. And I know that's intentional and and it's cool, but... I listen to a TV on the radio record and I'm always like, I I feel like it's a clenched fist that never quite goes unrestrained. And that's my thing with rock music. I like when it gets a little out of control and speeds up a little bit too much and everybody's playing a little too hard. Um, and this band, uh, is remarkable in its control, restraint and ability to replicate that very complicated groove over and over and over again, both on tape and live and uh, I totally admire it and I like them more than I used to. And it's just uh, the only thing holding me back is that I never feel like they, they never quite just
2: th- open the throttle. I mean, it's weird. The tank. It's weird though. That's a weird sounding song. I dig it. I I'm not familiar with them at all, Ben. I've never heard that song, uh, in my life. I thought it was, I thought it was really cool. On the plus side to,
1: to and I know Ben, this is going to be a big part of Ben's argument. Um, one of the bands that most admires TV on the radio and plays one of their songs every three or four nights is fish. So obviously, oh, do they a really? band of, uh, you know, fish, I'm just, I'm just winding up. Ben, yeah, they play golden age from the same record uh, a lot. They open their second set with it like every five nights and have
0: version is great too. It really is good.
1: It is pretty good.
0: Wait, Ben, do you not like fish? I don't, I don't get the I don't uh, like fish, but I do like the I, actually, I mean, I'm mixed on. i mixed the, the out on fish. Okay. Out, that's on, a
1: separate that's a separate standalone podcast sure. fight. We'll do what do we yeah. do with fish? That could be a side sidebar at some okay,
0: point. Okay, okay. But um, the other thing is if you love this band, the um, demos, Tunde's demos are crazy. Is that like. right? He'll have a demo with a Fortech with him making all the noises with his mouth.
1: Uh, that's awesome. Huh. It's
0: crazy. So it'll be like him doing the pa ba 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 and then it'll be like, for the drum beat. It's beautiful. Now you know what that
1: reminds me of, Ben, is the Dirty Projectors in terms of like the control and the precision. And Oh, uh, You're really hurting quality. my feelings.
0: This band is a thousand times better than Dirty Projectors.
1: Oh, I agree with sure. you. But don't you feel like the guy from the Dirty Projectors has the same kind of like he sees it all at once and every little every little piece fits together the way he wants it to?
0: I don't know, man. I mean, basically, it's hard for me. I can't respond to that because I like this band so much more. Okay. Well, I, I, and, and I mean, I'm like over the moon on them. Like I, every song in this record's great. Uh, there's the, I, I mean, I can count more songs. I, I like more, there's hardly any songs I don't like. Like, All I mean, right. I can count on fingers and toes the, so that I don't like
2: TV on the radio. So I need to make a TV on the radio playlist or listen to an album. What was the one that you said the critics loved? What was that called? Dear science. Yeah. But there'll be Dear another science. TV on the radio song. And if
0: if we could choose, if I had unlimited bandwidth, I would choose another one. Like this record's great. The Record that comes after it's great, the record that comes in 2014, Seeds is just sick,
2: like they're all great.
1: Seeds is really good, I'm with him well, on that. It's my I, favorite
2: I, one. I tell you why I like TV on the radio because they have once again given this podcast license to talk about our physical ailments. Oh, thank goodness. Because he brought up his knee. We're I, in.
1: I was gonna, I, I'm, ta- I was gonna take it totally easy. Thank you, Tim.
0: Well, I was bringing up- that up because it's turned out to be a blessing for me.
1: I it's a you. blessing.
0: Yeah.
1: It is funny. It's a very different kind of, of uh, humble brag ailment. Like I injured myself while training for the marathon. Like it's that, second <laughs> piece that was really the piece that mattered.
2: Hey, listen, we're I strained
1: all- a muscle going to the bathroom, is, is more what Tim was leading us <laughs> to. Uh,
2: we're all 50 year old white guys. Uh, raise your hand if you've done yoga. I've done, are you kidding? Uh, raise your hand if you've done uh, meditation. By the way, the raising hands really works well on the uh, on the radio. I'm just saying.
0: It, By the way, I did yoga this week. Like yeah. George and I do yoga like twice a week. It's amazing.
2: But imagine telling yourself that when you were 15. Hey, one day you're gonna do yoga. There's no way. So first of all,
0: listen. When I was 15, the 15 year old Ben Martin would be like, like like are you having sex with the people like is right. that you're talking <laughs> about? and i would be like no no no, well, no girls... it's just it's just exercise well he'd be like exercise be like what do you outfit? mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally he's like by yoga do you mean like tantra because i hear good things about that i'd be like no sorry to
2: report <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. all right moving right along jeff simons uh, what do you got uh,
1: This was a hard year for me because, uh, it should be, I should do a whole steady song, but we so completely and utterly covered the whole steady. Uh, I'm not going to repeat. And then, uh, every other song that was in play is something that we have already talked about or is a band I'm going to do later. So I've got a total left field song that I didn't love at the time, um, but have fallen in love with since then. So, Um, Every once in a while, not very often, you go to a show and the opening act is really, really good, right? Most opening acts, first of all, it's tough to be the opening act. They only let you use 50% of the PA power. You probably aren't playing your regular gear. You're playing in front of the other band's stuff. You only get 35 minutes. They didn't feed you. Take it from personal experience. Like, (laughs) It's not a situation that's set up to bring out your best, right? Every once in a while you go to a show, I'm like, hey, that opening band is pretty good. Every once in a while you go to a show, you see an opening band, you're like, well, I got to go home and buy all that band's music. I mean, one out of 50 shows, the opening band is like, like, you're like attention grabbing. Um, So this is an example of that I went to see Wilco at the Greek theater in Berkeley on back to back nights. And they, uh, it was, you know, they were terrific. It's a beautiful outdoor amphitheater and like a Grecian stone built into a hillside. You can see the both bridges from the upper decks. It's amazing. Um, but the opening band was a band named Ockerville River, um, which I had been vaguely aware of as another one of these kind of indie rock collectives. Like, you know, I was lumping them in in my head with the Decemberists, and later Fleet Foxes and Arcade Fire. Like. I knew there was a central guy, his name's Will Sheff at the at the controls. And then there was a rotating cast of people. And And I had checked out their first record and I didn't like it. I thought it was like, it wasn't recorded very well. Uh, but they put out back-to-back records in 2008. One, the first one's called The Stand-Ins. Uh, and the second one, which is what this rec- song is from. Well, this one's called The Stand-Ins. And there was one before that called The Stage Names. And it's, it's two records about... How hard it is to hold a band together and i'm a sucker for music about music i'm a sucker for rock music about the art of making rock music like that's wilco's being there there are a lot, you know there are a lot of great it's a long history of rock musicians fascinated with their own creation of their music so that this has that for it or against it depending on how you feel but i had i had i had kind of half listened to the stage hands, but when Ockerville river opened for wilco they put it they, they played for almost an hour and they were great i mean they had It was the best incantation of this group. Everyone could play. And they were they raised a racket. And as soon as the set was over, like I, you know, I typed in my phone, like, go home and illegally download all Ockerville River, (laughs) which I did. (laughs) And uh the stage names, it's a good record. The stand-ins is a good record. I this is not me saying like you should go run out and buy Ockerville River. They do, they are held a little bit back by a certain sameness of approach chef i appreciate his self-mythology but i also find it a little bit over the top at times but for me like if you if you like this song they're worth checking out this is the quintessential Ockerville river tune for me it's a song called lost coastlines right sounds like it's a, a song about uh being a sailor and being on a ship it's got all the shipwreck and waves and leaving people at port it's a song about being a touring band right it's a song about how hard it is to keep seven people fed and clothed and happy <laughs> and not killing each other, while you tour the country and slowly, slowly, slowly try to establish yourself, at, you know, at the at the level that they were at, right? Opening for Wilco is obviously a big gig, but the next night they're playing two hundred and fifty seaters, right? And right. they're a big band with lots of equipment. And I've been in that big band with lots of equipment in a van and trailer, and it is an exhausting. It's a tiring job. It sounds like it'd be really fun, and it is, but it's also like you get up, you drive 500 miles, you get out, you unload 2,000 pounds of gear, you play at high octane for 40 minutes, you get yourself all worked up and adrenaline, sweaty, and then you pack it all down, you pack it in a van, and then you might drive another 300 miles before you sleep on a couch. Like it's it's hard to do. And so I, when I hear Lost Coast, let's lines, go. Let's do it. Puts it. Let's me take t- back in the band <laughs> with the Rich Price band in 2005. Um, but it's also just a great example of a it's a great arrangement. It's shambolic, you know, it sounds like they could have come up with it all on the spot like instruments kind of join one at a time and they're all playing the hell out of them, but it's all, it's really well put together. Um, and it's just a it's a great rock song about rock music.
3: Lost Coastlines by Oakerville River. Packed in, all eyes turned in. No one to see on the quay, No one waving for me. Just the shoreline seated ticket in my hand. I'm thinking, wish I didn't hand it in. Cause who said sailing is fine? Leaving behind. That I might replace If I tried on that Long ride Looking deep inside But I don't want to look so deep
1: inside Yeah
3: Sit down Sit down on the crowd To wave by There might not be another star Further on the line Look out by and there's another crowd to drown.
2: That was great it's a What's very
1: tim plain song
2: i mean it's, right it's right up your alley brother my River. yeah golly ben what do you think you like them i like them okay
0: and i was actually trying to figure out why i don't like why i thought i didn't like them i like the sound of that song i don't remember yeah. ever hearing that song dude i saw them in 2009 at bonnaroo uh-huh um, and they were Sunday at 4.30 in the other tent, and Jeff will know Ooh, what that means. Tough, tough, tough gig. Dude, that, the 2009 Bonnaroo, I'm just looking at the, the lineup here. Like uh, That that was the first time I saw Bon Iver live, and I that was a life-changing experience. He was so okay. freaking good that year. Um, that same day, you had the Decemberists and Elvis Costello solo and Jenny Lewis, for you, my friend, hey now. of Montreal played oh. that day. Um, I mean, Oakerville river was like the the 10th best thing I saw. And that, right. I don't mean that like, no, that, no, that's, yeah. that's good. But I mean, like that, like I, I always put them in the B list. Tough area.
2: competition, right. Santa
0: gold played that year. Oh, this is the Ted Leo and the pharmacist year too. Yeah, He played yeah. Ted Leo was two acts before that in the other 10. Yeah. It's tough.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, like I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the band as a whole, but there's but that the, song. this year. And that song is pretty great. I also appreciate that. Um, so Bandcamp is a really important website for guys like me. You can put your music up for free. They they are by far and away the most generous of all the independent music sellers. We get a lot of our money back from Bandcamp. And they're uh-huh. super supportive. And Ockerville River uses their Bandcamp page really smartly. Like they've released 15 to 20 collections of B-sides and demos and live records and, and, uh, the mixtapes they made for themselves of their own demos for one another on the road. And he sells short stories and, and, uh, it's super generous. Like if you're an ackerville river fan, will chef pretty much opened up like the cupboard of his, uh, dresser and was like, here, have, have at it yeah. and they're all super reasonably priced. And so like, I, I think he, he takes the relationship he has with his super fans really seriously and generously. And I admire that a lot. Yeah. Where's he from? So, uh, he's from New Hampshire, but hey. the band was formed in Austin, Texas. And so okay. I think he's I'm been in. centered out of Austin, Texas since the band started, but he's a, uh, and the, the tons of the imagery is new England. Like there's just tons of uh Therovian and but, so many in descriptions of what of the landscape. So. What,
2: what's funny is you're talking about traveling with a band. I remember you you and uh, Rich Price pulling into Atlanta and you're in that big van pulling all your equipment and you you're playing I think at uh, Sam Smith's. Yep. And Rich is for like Rich's Price is like a $10 ticket. But the bar decided to have a a dude with a guitar for free downstairs. Yeah. And you guys went upstairs for your for your gig, but people who are going out to see live music that night were like, "Oh, well, I'll just take the free show downstairs." That hurt a little. That happened all the whole way across country. Yeah, I, I mean, so that the show you played in Atlanta was literally for seven people.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of that. That I made mean, we were we played for nobody in Park City. Did I you? Mean, literally, like, and they made us play. They made us play the full forty five. And we played to an for empty nobody. Room. Yeah,
2: what <laughs> we did all. I mean, is, Rich, uh, is Rich still looking out towards the pretend audience? Oh, we still- had actually the.
1: Fu- <laughs> if you don't mind, the funniest moment was you play Boise, Idaho, and you know it's it's summertime when we get to uh-huh. Boise, so it's it's light until like midnight, right? So we go on at nine, and it's like the middle of the day, like people are just starting to eat dinner and they're just starting to fill up. There's there's one paying customer in the front, and uh-huh. then it's the waitstaff. And Rich, um, Rich got a sudden attack of the Montezuma's revenge from his oh, dinner. No. Like, don't start. I got it. I got it. So as soon as he left for the bathroom, I was like, all right, let's do this. And we cued the first song, and I gave him, like, the Springsteen introducing Clarence Clemens introduction. Like, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> what the – to the, you know, it's like nobody there, right? And I'm screaming so <laughs> loud. You can hear me out in the street. And I'm like, coming <laughs> to the stage the- <laughs> of disaster. And I know he's in the bathroom hearing me do this and frantically trying to. to oh, uh,
2: man. To that's and we, just me. We,
1: I went on for like three minutes until he comes sprinting. He comes out of the bathroom like the color of a red <laughs> delicious apple. Like I thought he was going to walk right up on stage and beat the hell out of me. but. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. <laughs>
2: that is it's funny. a long way to the top, my friend. That's right. That's right. That's right.
1: That's all right.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to go with a singer-songwriter who has probably played uh, a number of small shows himself, uh, hailing from Texas. Do you all know uh, Hayes Carl? Crickets. All right. Headed to YouTube. But he, he sings a song called, uh, probably his most famous song was... Uh, she left me for Jesus. Have you heard that song?
1: It is the one YouTube wants me to keep typing.
2: <laughs> but that's not the one you're choosing. That is not the one I'm choosing.
0: I am a bit i was we're, worried we're, you were that? going too mainstream.
1: <laughs> Listen, we're talking shit, but you've been on fire lately. Like you You've established some cred. I'm keeping an open mind here. Well, the
2: family wants me to choose the Ting Tings. That's not her name, but I won't do that. I'm sticking with uh, the romantic wandering soul of Hayes Carl singing Beaumont.
3: Beaumont
0: by Hayes Carl, but it should have been the Ting Tings. (laughs)
3: You're leaning on a memory, with your back turned to the crowd, in that little bar on Murphy, where they play guitar too loud. There were people drinking whiskey, there were hearts about to leave. It was cold as hell for Houston, it was almost near sea, all the way from Beaumont, with a white rose in my hand. I could not wait forever, babe I hope you understand All the night was feeling lucky So I asked you to dance And the way you looked up at me Made me think I had a chance But I put my arms around you I knew you weren't giving in. I hope it will be different if I pass this way again. All the way from Beaumont
2: with a white rose in my hand. I could not wait for So, if you don't know Hayes Carl, give him a chance. I mean, you guys like Towns Van Zandt, right?
1: I was going to say, this has, uh yeah, it has uh, its classic. Folk country intersection, telling a little story, super well played, total ben, control and mastery of verse, chorus, verse, good voice, nothing, nothing to. Ben, ben on Barton
2: hands. once once claimed he was a medium country fan. Yeah, and uh, here's what I'll say about this. This isn't um,
1: country, though. Would you Would you agree, Ben? Oh no? yeah,
2: yeah. No.
0: Uh, so um, well, so western this reminds me of stand up comedy, <laughs> country in and the western? following way.
1: Oh, this, he's about to, he's about to Shit. play
0: the very best the card. stand-up comedian. You're like, oh, this is amazing. Like like Eddie Murphy, or yeah, that's sure. my personal favorite, Dave Chappelle. You're like, I can't believe that everyone's not this funny. And then you watch the fifth best stand-up comedian, and you're like, that was pretty funny. And then you go see the 10th best stand-up comedian, and you're like, well, I'm losing a little bit of steam here.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And basically, like, this actually reminded me a lot of a guy I like, James McMurtry.
1: Um, yep. Yeah, so sure.
0: It's McMurtry's uh, whatever. I can't remember this dad's name, but the guy who wrote "Lonesome Dove." Larry McMurtry. Yeah, Larry yeah, sure. McMurtry wrote "Lonesome Dove," and his son James McMurtry is a singer-songwriter. It sounds identical to this, and I don't mean that. It, well, I, I do mean that's criticism. um <laughs> And uh basically, like the very <laughs> I don't best mean this. version. Of no shit, this, I do mean this. The very best version of this. I mean, I, this is a genre that I like. But like the lower you get on the totem pole for this, like, so for example, and and I think Jeff will know this, like there's certain genres that I like so much that the 15th best band in that I'm like, still like that. Like you gotta keep going lower, keep going lower. Then there are other genres where I'm like, oh, I like the best version of that. The second best version I can listen to, I haven't even heard of the fifth best. Like I'm just out on the fifth best version of it. And basically that's where this genre sits for me. So I like this, this was fine um but it's not like it to me it doesn't touch the james mcmurtry stuff it sounds like tyler childers to me is a modern version of it oh, and those songs general. are much better those i'm
2: actually idea. shocked that neither of you have heard of hayes carl i'm
0: shocked like he's a well it's
1: that, he's a
2: fairly yeah. big deal
0: i know but you I, have I to be a, a fan of this genre to the point where you're like i like the 10th best guy in this genre and i'm just not there
1: what is your number one genre like where you can appreciate the top and you have no patience for the bottom? Who me? Yeah. This is a this is a tap, good one. Tap dancing. No, for me it's reggae.
0: <laughs> oh, reggae uh, sure, is a great sure. one. Bob yeah, Marley, really yeah. Burning
1: Spear in Third World, and who? Like that yeah. is me with reggae, right? Like right. the fifth best reggae band is invisible. I guess. I mean, and I spent two weeks on the road with Toots and the Maytals, and I'm still that way with reggae. Like, if that right. wasn't going to turn me, nothing was going to. But I'm surprised yeah, so- I haven't heard of Hayes Carl as well. He's a major label artist with hundreds of thousands of listens of these songs. But uh, it just slipped Oh, look me. at you
2: doing research in the moment. I love I it. I had
1: to go to YouTube to play it.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> huh. All right, I'm gonna how did you
1: find I mean, like where where were that's you a, accidentally when you heard Hayes Carl?
2: That's a great I mean no, I, I think that's right? a, I mean, a legitimate question. Cause he, here's the thing. Um, it was two years ago where Brian Koppelman had him on his podcast, and I was like, Oh my god, like two worlds colliding, because I've been a Brian Koppelman fan and a Hayes Carl fan. Uh, he he had a hit during George Bush's presidency where he does a back and forth with a female singer. Mm. Um, if you went to Spotify and looked up Hayes Carl right now, Jeff, you would find it would probably be his number one hit. All right, hold on. Either that or She Left Me For Jesus. And I bet you've heard of this song during the Bush era.
1: Also, I live in California, and his twang is significant enough to not make so it not to the buy California in. coast. Well, just like guys who sound like that don't, tour the Exist. West coast very often. Yeah. I mean, they just don't come out like he's not going to, I'm not going to accidentally see him. Dude, this guy's got half a million monthly listeners. Ben, this is on us. The love that we need has twelve million six hundred thousand spins on Spotify.
2: Um, go ahead and just
1: play. And drunk at poet's dream is the one you were supposed to pick. Although Beaumont's got over Beaumont's got over <laughs> 5 million listens.
2: Go ahead and uh, start another like you, Jeff. You smoking on a cigarette, talking about the deficit,
3: putting all wild boys down.
1: I mean, holy Christ. Doesn't that sound like Schoolhouse Rock? It's like the bill got had a few beers? <laughs>
2: <laughs> talking about the deficit.
1: <laughs> Should you be drinking in front of me?
2: But wait, he's doing that intentionally. <laughs> You're the best, Tim That's right, he is He's playing a role He's being sarcasmic.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is it I'm shutting down the podcast Gentlemen, it's been a night I will see you next Wednesday Oh, we have a special guest next Wednesday We do Eugene Merman, the comedian Will be oh. joining us to pick his favorite song from 2009.
1: Yeah, you got it right. Yeah. Okay, you make sure you tell him 2009. Because you're starting to get a little...
2: <laughs> I just thought you had to get a little there. All That's right. Great. I'll talk to you gentlemen later. Thanks, Adios, man. Well done. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys.
1: Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet podcast?
3: David, have you ever seen a grown man naked?
1: Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th.
3: But I like airplane.
1: I know you do, but wanna bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet a thousand dollars on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes.
2: Roger Roger
1: Electric acid. Hi, I'm Mark and I'm Peter. Trick ass.